0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy.
1: Fall guy. the poster said?
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists
1: to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
0: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Today we've got a very special episode we're going to be talking about injuries we've had a lot of injuries this preseason the training camps we've lost some players already for the entirety of the season so we have a special guest to talk about these injuries and discuss how to navigate the the injury landscape this year in fantasy football and give some breakdowns about players and their injury predictions for this year we've got dr jesse morse On the show. Uh, Would you like to give a little background about who exactly you are, uh, how you know the things you know? Sure.
1: So, I am a sports medicine doctor in Miami. Um, I am a part of a group called the Fantasy Doctors, who are a group, as far as I know, the only group of orthopedic and sports medicine trained physicians who actually do this in their daily lives and happen to comment and discuss player injuries, all different sports. In real time or pretty close to real time. And then, you know, whether it's video or audio or, or whatever. Um, and, and my personal training is I treat, I, I specialize in stem cell, I specialize in regenerative medicine, PRP, that type of medicine, fractures, different types of injuries, all of these guys deal with. I have a lot of NFL clients. Uh, a lot of my patients are NFL players. Some of your favorite players I've evaluated. Um, I can't talk about the that part of my practice, at least for confidentiality reasons, but I understand what these guys deal with. I have an uh, insider knowledge in terms of protocols and, 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 this team is better than that team in terms of healing this or this protocol for hamstring strains is awful. And and this one is much better. So I understand like, Oh, this guy might struggle to come back because that team is not very good at what they do type of thing. Certain teams are more aggressive. Certain teams are more um, conservative when it comes to uh, treatment plans. Um, For instance, we've seen the Packers are are pretty conservative. They will Mm -hmm. give a guy a game or two off. Whereas Uh, you know, last year I thought Goddard would definitely miss uh, the week. He was supposed to come back and he ended up coming back. I was like, that's really aggressive. Why have a bye week next week? Why would they just not wait for it? I was like, but you know, certain teams are like that. So, and then you just read, learn to read between the lines. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? Uh, How would you treat that? Uh, My, my, my mentor is actually the team doc for the bucks. So uh, I know I can pick his brain and be like, Hey, what, what do you, what's your protocol for this? Like, what do you do there? And like, what I can do at my practice is a lot more than what they were are willing to do under the team umbrella. Uh, so it's, it's, there's a lot of factors to it, but I, I feel like I provide, and we provide a very unique angle and aspect to it. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of times we don't get all the information, 15, 20%, maybe if we're lucky, Um, and then we just have to kind of use I use my knowledge and experience to try to figure out, you know, what, how to approach it, what realistically is going to come back. And, and a lot of the times we're relying on beat reporters who have no medical knowledge, you know, we're relying on team coaches who kind of what I call coach speak that, you know, half the time they're just talking to talk and, and that makes it hard. That makes it really hard. And then the injury report gets insane. So it's like there's every team has like five players injured, like big name guys. So it's like, it's crazy. Uh, so it gets uh, high intensity, gets volume. And and I mean, I put out the ETN video at 1215 at night.
0: Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that one.
1: You might not even heard about it until the morning, you know, or maybe later than that, unfortunately. But uh, so th- that's the type of stuff that we provide, I have this, if you can see, if it's video, you can see over my left shoulder, an app called TFD, which is a, an app that basically collects all of the different uh, media sources and allows you to flip through it. You can check all the different beat writers from each team. It has all four main sports. There's a, a injury um, report on there. You can watch videos on there. Like It's right there. Just because I was sick of trying to find all the different information f- throughout the internet. And I'm like, I'm so sick of searching. Uh, and I just like, I'm gonna to put it all in one place uh so we have that and then you know so there's a lot of tools and resources it's just trying to figure out where they are and how to use them you know how how to make your
0: decisions how exactly did you come into the the world of fantasy football because you very much work in the the real world of football when did you really get into the fantasy side of things
1: i've been doing fantasy uh for football anyway for probably 15 years um obviously a little older than, than, than some people, you know, I'm in my late thirties, but, uh, I think I started probably about 15 years ago or so. And then about 10 years ago, I went really kind of crazy. And then, uh, within the past six or seven years, um, I started doing the medical part of it as I started it with medicine. Um, and then, um, the past couple of years, I've really taken it to another level. Um, but uh, and then I do baseball as well. It's just a completely different monster.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. The app and those videos that you post. I was up. I couldn't sleep, tossing, turning about Travis Etienne. There was no news on it, and then you post these videos. It seemed like it was one o'clock, and, and you just go into a full on breakdown about this guy's foot. And watching this in bed, thinking this guy is amazing, but how does he? How does he schedule his time? I'm very impressive that much (laughs) that way all right (laughs) i was thinking we get into some players uh probably the most we'll go by players with more fantasy implications because there's so many injuries to sort through uh the first one i want to discuss this injury occurred a while ago carson wentz he's he's dealt with a lot of injuries and, and one of the real reasons uh that this is a very fantasy relevant injury is because Jonathan Taylor, his production hinges on this, all the wide receivers, their uh, production hinges on Wentz's health. Do you think Wentz will be back on the field week one playing anywhere near 100% to his, his abilities? So I
1: have some thoughts about Wentz before this injury. Okay. And then we'll talk about the injury. So, cause that plays a role into it. Okay. Wentz, has never been the same player after that ACL tear. I'm comfortable saying that he did not have a regular ACL tear. He had a ACL and what we call the LCL, which is the outside of the knee, not a common location for injury. But I feel like that was never properly addressed or I mean, fixed, quote unquote. And as a result, his mobility and his confidence in his knee leads to his immobility which then led to his back fractures. If you any of you remember that, oh yeah. And as a result, I think it's a confidence issue that has he just never been able to shake. And as a result of that, he's had struggles and now was in Indianapolis. As a result, we never saw him repeat, reverse back to that like MVP caliber player. Like you know, I mean, remember he was elite, and then all of a sudden he had that bad knee injury, and we're like, well, he was okay, but he was never like elite again. So now this this injury is is, is kind it's fluky. It, 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 there's fluky things, and this is one of them. So what happened? Over the years, sometimes we have injuries that the body heals with calcium, which is what bone is made out of. So what happens is if you form an extra little piece of bone on top of the old bone, meaning it healed and it added another piece of bone to ha- try to help it, it's not really supposed to be there. So if you were to break it again, then you can have this extra piece of bone kind of floating because it's not supposed to be there in the first place. The question became is, did that piece of bone tear a ligament or tendon near the fracture? That's why the timeline was so big. If it okay. was only five weeks, then it's just a fracture, a small piece of bone that's kind of floating, and there's no injury to the tendon or ligament. If there was tender injury to the or ligament, then you're talking about a much longer timeline because those take time to heal and then appropriately get back to game ready. From what we've heard and what we've seen, the fact that he's already on the damn field means that he didn't likely have any tendon or ligament injury. And the fact that he can do what he's already been doing over the past couple of days means that there's a very good chance pending a setback, he will be ready for week one and he'll be pretty close to normal.
0: But but his new normal, not the normal of his MVP season. Yeah, so I mean, like, I okay. would
1: love for him to... Revert. I mean, it's. I guess it's possible, but it's just like, at what point do you give up and say, that's unlikely?
0: Would that initial uh, a tear... Would that be some of the uh, cause of the really inaccurate ball placement? Because he used to be so, in, so accurate, and last year, years past, we've seen just terrible throws.
1: So, I mean, I think some of it is foot placement, some of it is um, uh, comfort on... Where to put your feet or rushing your throws, I mean and we're going to see this with Joe Burrow, and it, they just announced that he uh, is is going to play a little bit in in, in week three you know whatever week three, whatever you want to call it for preseason and And here's the thing with ACL tears. ACL tears, the issue is the first year the ligament is is relatively okay, but it's the physic, the, the physical part is okay. The mental part is not. Yeah. you you don't trust this new ligament that's the problem so when you're running and you cut, you have to have a hundred percent confidence that that ligament is going to be able to do what you're asking it to do and there's always a little bit of play, a little bit of lag and that's the problem is that you never really feel like that knee is ever the same so when when someone steps and, and they and their knee shouldn't move and it gives a little bit of movement like oh that like that's weird. But that's what happens with, it, with 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 ACL and when it gets repaired is that if they never trust it, they always want to rush. They want to rush their throws. That's what's going to happen with... That's what happens with Wentz. That's going to happen with Burrow. That's just what is expected. The question is, when does it go away? And that's part of my concern with Saquon. You know, and that's that was my concern with Dalvin before in the first year out. Everybody loves to forget that he was not very good when he came back. It it's took terrible. a year for him to get good you know what what we now know is delvin cook but that's the issue with the acl is that there's always this mental part of it that we don't know how people are going to do
0: and it's impossible to predict a mental aspect like that right? it
1: is uh, some players do great cooper cup look like he never missed a step you know and then you know and i think position plays a role into it um i i the, the shortcuts uh like running backs struggle okay Whereas, whereas the wide receivers, you know, they're not cutting as much. I mean, they're still cutting, but they're not cutting. It's like usually they're running and then they stop or rotate or, or whatever. They have a tendency to do a little bit better. Cooper Cup's a great example. Okay. I love, I'm curious to see how confident OBJ and Jerry Judy, or sorry, Judy, uh, Court and Sutton, Sutton you know, yeah, are going to do after their ACLs because Usually, from what we've seen, wide right receivers do pretty good. It's the running backs who really struggle. Rashad Penny, yeah. Dice.
0: Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of guys who just never look the same. They never return anywhere near their original.
1: If they suffered it while, they're in the NFL. Yeah. I, I'll preface it with that because the guys who did it in high school, the guys who did it in college, like they they have the time. We, that's before we even know about them or I've, I've seen them on the field. It's the guys who, who 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 sustain it in the NFL, running backs, and then we're like, oh, we're you know, let's just expect them to be normal again. Mm-mm. There's
0: such a small time frame for them in their prime to regain the confidence that one or two seasons lost is. That's
1: the end. In, 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 in football, that's a big deal. Baseball's baseball, like, oh, that's not a big deal. But <laughs> yeah. football, that's like eternity. I mean, the average NFL right, lifespan for a running back, I think, is like three or four years.
0: It's insane. Yeah, and
1: That's half their time. I mean, that's a long time.
0: So do you think that Wentz, with this injury not being a ligament issue, is, is there any greater chance of him getting re-injured this season? or are, are, For this, okay. not,
1: not, you know, does he have some mental concerns about his mobility from this foot? That's a separate discussion. You know they have a ridiculous line. I'm I'm pretty high on Taylor. I I bought the dip, so to speak. Uh, I wasn't concerned about it. Uh, I, you know I, I think Nelson will be back. He he's just the guy. He's been able to prove that he's been super healthy, and he's just a a large genetic freak. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that I, Pittman. I don't know if they can sustain any true wide receiver ones. They all may be wide receiver twos, which is okay. I mean we'll see what Hilton can do. I don't know what to make of the tight ends. Um. Yeah. You know, I would love to see uh, Campbell do something, but he's had his fair share of injuries. So, for that, at this point, you got to prove it to me.
0: Okay, but for Taylor, you're you're confident yeah, no, in. Okay, with, okay. I,
1: I mean, I still think. I mean, the kid's gifted. Oh yeah, gifted. he was. I mean, yeah, college. he does lose some work. You know, he loses some work. We we know that we, Hines is going to steal, but but in general, Taylor's that kid's that kid's special.
0: All right, that's that's good to know as we head into. Labor Day with all the fantasy drafts coming up. Uh, Speaking of running backs, we've got a slew on the docket. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, what's going on there? Because initially, uh, I thought this would be an issue. Now it looks like he's going to be back.
1: I haven't seen if he's practiced this week. Okay. Um, I heard he was around, but I don't know if he's actually practiced. Initially, he only played a couple plays in that game, so it it couldn't happen on too many plays. Mm -hmm. From the play that I think it happened on, it would have been a medial or inner ankle sprain. This is a big deal because that ligament that you'd have to injure is really strong. I mean, ridiculously strong. So if you injure that, it's already a pretty big deal. Okay. This is the same ligament that Michael Thomas had and that Dak Prescott also tore. So if you tear it, meaning grade two, you need surgery. They're, they just do not do well. Based on what we know now, it's likely a grade one, but I'm not ready to throw them back into the fire immediately. Am I putting them down my board? Eh, A couple, but nothing crazy. Um, But in general, this is a little concerning to me because of how strong that ligament is. That's why we always roll our ankle outside. Basketball players do all the time because the inside ligament is so strong, we don't worry about it. Everything rolls out. Well, if you're rolling in and out like you were unstable i mean that and he's already coming off of a high ankle you know i don't know yeah. if it's the same leg or the other leg but you know so i love the volume i love the reception potential we saw how you know crazy he has the potential to be since college but i'm a little a little bit concerned and i don't like how kind of vague they've been about this That's they haven't said, oh, he's sure he'll be ready for week one like we i don't i don't think we've heard that
0: we've heard very little that i've seen yeah
1: and there's been inferences, but I don't like when they're like, like they're like Justin Jefferson. Like, he'll be fine. He'll be ready for Week One. But like i said, been like, nah, you haven't really <laughs> heard anything. I don't like this. Like the Wolfholler, I don't like this hush hush. Like we're not going to talk about it.
0: Seems like they're hiding something. Yeah, that usually
1: means there's something going on that we don't want to talk about.
0: Gives me Joe Mixon, Kenny Galladay vibes. <laughs> we
1: don't want. Yeah, what, what happened to make? You know what happened to Galladay? Like what the hell happened with that? We never heard ever. Just you know like we, we still don't know what happened. It, it, was it contractual? Was it actual like what 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 was it? I don't like this shadiness.
0: Speaking of kind of vague uh shadiness that's kind of concerning DeAndre Swift. What's going on there? They, they uh, he, he now looks like they're saying they're not sure exactly his available availability week 1. What what are your thoughts concerning Swift?
1: So, he's reportedly suffered a groin strain. There's okay. two types of groin injuries. You have a groin strain, which is where you think of a groin strain as kind of your leg near your groin. The other type of groin strain is more abdomen. That's what Rashad Bateman had. That's our sports hernia. Sports hernias need surgery, period. If you don't do surgery, you're going to struggle all year like uh, Deshaun Jackson did a couple of years ago or might have been last year. Um, but reportedly, this was a classic adductor strain, groin strain. The problem with these is if you don't treat them seriously and respect them, you will re-injure them. I'll give you an example. A grade one, David Montgomery had last year right before the season started. They took it seriously. He missed two weeks. He came back. He was ready for week one. Never missed a game the entire season with it. Jamal Adams, the stud safety, whatever you want to consider him, for Seattle had a grade two. He missed what, six weeks, eight weeks? It was it was a long time. Yeah. That is a bad injury. Grade twos, even though it's like, oh, one, two, it's a grade three, you're in surgery. You don't even that's a whole separate ballgame. Grade twos are bad. Yeah. Why? Because this stupid thing picks up your leg, rotates, this is your burst. Like everything you do, you need your groin. You can't even literally get up out of bed without using your groin muscle because you have to pick up your leg, and that requires your groin muscle. So if it's partially torn, everything you do hurts. So if you want to get back, but you can't until the tissue heals. So that's where I think he he tweaked it. I think he was healing. I he think he came back. He might have tweaked it. And they're like, ah, we kind of went backwards. So if if they get it to heal and they're happy with it, they'll give him the workload. But if they're not happy with it, they they should hold him out because... We could easily go from one or two weeks to six weeks. Like, this could very easily happen. So, there's... I love Swift. Not kind of contrary to popular opinion. I think he has monster upside. I think he's going to get a ton of targets. I think this team is meant to rush the ball. I don't even know who half the wide receivers are. (laughs) But if he's not healthy, then what do we... You know, like, that's concerning to me.
0: If he's not there, are you at all interested in Jamal Williams or... Just staying away at that point. There's probably value to be had, but no. Okay. I mean, it's just not my cup of tea. That's, I was a big fan of Swift until until that statement came out from the coach, I think two days ago. And now I have...
1: buy the dip and hope that he, everything goes well. But I, cause I think there's only a couple guys that have his volume potential and his, his target potential behind a
0: good line too.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like, and, and someone who actually wants to do smash mouth football, that's not going to pull get pulled on third downs like Gibson or, yeah. or, 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 so, or has a crazy injury history like Saquon or, you know, or, or, or mix
0: or something like that. So he's worth that risk at this point
1: in my opinion i mean you're rolling the dice here it's always about risk versus reward but i feel like he's going to be a hard ask for your rb1 unless you're stacked like you know unless you already stacked and you're just getting in the late second early third but if you're if you're drafting him early in in
0: round 2 you might want to be careful might want to stay away at that point in the adp all right, now this this is a player you've spoken about on a Smitty show, uh, and I want to hear your take here again. A Dalvin Cook, you said he would be the next. Well, you didn't say he would be. You said if there's one player who would be the next Dalvin Cook or next Todd Gurley, big difference there. Um, it would be Dalvin Cook. Do you want to rehash that take? Because I just I think I, I actually like that take a lot, and I want to have my listeners hear that.
1: I continue to put I have concerns about certain players based on injury. So I wrote something called the TFD injury draft guide. It's actually available now if you want it uh, to help you with your draft and even for your for your dynasty and stuff like that. It's only 20 bucks. It's not super expensive. It has a hundred and twenty profiles. Each profile, each 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 profile is probably like two or three pages written. And it has an injury section and a performance section, basically. I go through every single injury since high school, if I can find it. And then I collectively evaluate those and provide you with a risk score out of 10, basically zero being no risk and 10 being they shouldn't be playing anymore. That's what I do for every player. And that's what gives me the comfort, you know, the, the level of comfort to say, I understand what this, 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 but then I also treat this stuff. So I understand what each of these means Collectively, when we put the fact that he's had two shoulder surgeries and at least four dislocations, that he has had an ACL tear, that it was a couple of years ago, then you add it to the volume. So, Dalvin Cook is second only to Derrick Henry in the amount of touches over the past two years. That's a lot of touches. Derrick Henry is a special monster who has all of his ligaments intact. If someone has the volume and the injuries, and you put them together to make it Todd Gurley-esque, that may be Dalvin. The difference here is that reportedly, Gurley had a ton of meniscal tearing. He had a lot of meniscus removed, which basically is the shocks for the knee. We don't know to the extent of Dalvin's meniscal tearing. When we talk about that, that means arthritis develops faster. That means your body doesn't heal as quickly. Over the first couple of weeks of the season, it's fine. But when you're halfway through the season and you only have four or five days to heal, the knee's like, sorry, I just can't, I can't do that. I don't, I can't heal as fast as you want me to heal. I don't care when your game is. So that's the problem. Do I think it's coming this year? It's hard to tell, but I'd rather be a year early than a year late.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and and, and for a top three player, top
0: three, he's not going eighth or ninth. He's going top three.
1: If you tell me he, he hasn't played all 16 yet, he has a shoulder injury every year. You know, he always I feel like every time he runs, he scares me. <laughs> the talent is there. We know that. But maybe their schedule's beautiful. Like maybe they throw to Jefferson to, to Thielen and Smith a little bit more. They give Dalvin a little bit of a break. Maybe they give Madsen a little love. And, and the volume that you were hoping for is not there. I mean, there's a lot of avenues to failure here. I'm just looking at it from an injury perspective. I updated my rankings yesterday. He's number 10, which is still crazy for people and they don't like me for it, but they also don't understand injuries like I do. And I, and I think that that is, you know, realistic
0: for him to stay healthy. He would have to see a massive decrease of volume. And if he sees that massive decrease of volume, he's not putting up the points you drafted him for. So it's it, there. There's very little possibility of him really returning that top three value. I that's, that's a great. Well, I mean, take. obviously, it's possible. Yeah, anything's possible. But if you're if you're evaluating the risk and the reward, you got to keep keep it in mind. That not that's many really guys have take. his
1: upside. We know that. There's not many guys that have his upside. It's three or four. But when you incorporate all the factors, line, offense, schedule, wear and tear, injuries, it's just enough red flags for me to have him down the list compared to other guys that I like a little bit more than him.
0: Now, another running back being drafted very early that has a, a very full resume when it comes to injuries uh and concerns about offensive lines is Saquon Barkley. He missed almost all of last season. He's we're not sure if he's gonna play week one even. What are your thoughts about him?
1: All right. So the 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 diehard Giants fans and one of my buddies is a good one. Is, is you know, as a crazy fan, I get it. Um It's hard for them to hear that Saquon may not be Saquon. Here's my concern. Like we talked about earlier with trusting the knee, this 100% applies. There have only been two running backs over the past 15 years, 12, I don't know exactly the count, but that were a top 10 running back that suffered an ACL tear and then were a top 10 running back the next year. Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson. That's it. It doesn't happen often, and when it does happen, they fall off the cliff. That's it. If anybody can do it genetically, it's Saquon. There's no question. But, oh, my God, is this offensive line awful. I don't trust Danny Dimes. The offense has pieces. I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to give him the volume that he needs to justify a top 10 running back in PPR because that's predominantly what I do. Type of mind. I mean, could it happen? Of course, it could happen. But now, I, I like to look at it as probabilities. You're expecting the exception, and not the rule. You know, you're expecting him to defy all the odds and almost break Dickerson's record, like Adrian Peterson. Like no, if you told me Adrian Peterson came back in six months and he's gonna rush for two thousand yards, I told you you were crazy. Like that, that's just not realistic. It happened, but it was a very extreme possibility.
0: One in a million situation, basically.
1: Yeah. I mean, could it happen? Yes. Is it likely it happened? Probably not. So I will let someone else worry about that.
0: Uh, that's, That's where you really get me is let's factor out the injury concerns and just look at the actual situation. He won't have the volume he did when he had that phenomenal season. He won't have that volume. He doesn't have Eli Manning, who's a much more competent quarterback than Daniel Jones. Yeah, and dump-offs. He doesn't have a coach. It, 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 it's just not something that I would be drafting top three or top five. And then you throw in the fact that he has not been able to stay healthy. And there's no way I can draft him anywhere. Yeah, he he hasn't stayed healthy even, even when he played the majority of his second season. He wasn't a top five running back, I don't think. It, it wasn't that spectacular of a season. It was really only that rookie season. So taking out the injury risk, there's still a lot of question marks just from a volume and efficiency standpoint.
1: You're paying for his potential rookie season again. Yeah, but you're was, forgetting that he's had a high ankle and a torn ACL in between those two.
0: We're a long ways away from that rookie season. That was a long time ago in in terms of football years, in terms of running back years. That was a long time ago.
1: No does, Can he do it? Yes. Do I expect him to do it? No. That's that's it. I mean, if you're drafting a a home run, close my eyes and pray. Saquon's your answer. But if you have, if you're a little realistic and you don't like drafting risk, high risk, then avoid Saquon. That's kind of the way I look at it.
0: One more running back that's very high risk, who has a bad offensive line and has a full resume of injuries. Joe Mixon. Every single year, there are people, it's been me, who say this is the year. And every year, Joe Mixon disappoints. Is this is this a different year for Joe Mixon, or is it the same, same old story?
1: Here's my issue with Joe Mixon. If you look in his profile, when I wrote him up, like this kid was a monster. I'm talking number one running back in his high school class. Five-star recruit. Like top, the numbers were bananas. Like they, You can't even make, they're like video game numbers. He has the pedigree per se, but he's never been able to transmit that into actual value on the field. And then... And he did stay relatively healthy his first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Gio was always taking, you know, uh, t- taking a piece of it. Then last year he has this fluky foot injury, which I still don't know what it was, mm-hmm. and, and I have my suspicions, but I'll never, well, I don't think I'll ever confirm them. Could it have been what Etn suffered? Yes, no question. Could it have been a milder version of that? Yes. That was my original suspicion. It was a Liz Frank, a mild one that he re-injured, and it either became a grade two, or bad enough where he just couldn't he couldn't come back. And 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 that's the problem is that if you have a grade one, it's a month. That's what Chris Carson had. A really a true grade one, not like oh I sprained my foot a little bit. That's what Calvin had Ridley, and that wasn't a big deal. But a true grade one for a running back is awful i mean you can't put your foot down because your arch collapses that's how bad this hurts so and i feel like he needed surgery and he never got it to to the best of our knowledge so i don't trust the offensive line they have way too many offensive pieces and i just don't think he's going to get the love i I, realistically how many games are they going to win four five so, are you expecting? What are you going to do when you're down 20? Are you going to run the ball? Are you going to dump off to your running back? Or are you going to throw to Boyd, to Higgins, to Chase? You know, is there going to be volume? And then you're expecting him to stay healthy. So, all of that. And I just have a weird feeling about this foot, I, whether it's the foot again or something that indirectly relates to the foot, ankle, knee, because he's compensating. I have, I just have a weird feeling that he's going to get injured again. And I, and I can't not see it or understand it. And that's why he's only, I think he's like 26 on my list or something. Like he's so crazy low because I just don't know if he's going to play enough games. Like that's the problem. Everybody, somebody will draft him before I do, because in my opinion, there's somebody who has a, who is just as safe, who has higher in my mind, who has just has higher upside at the same price, whether, you know, at that round, I'm probably looking for a wide receiver and I will happily go for Deontay. Uh, I will happily go for, uh, you know, someone along that caliber who I think can give me a fantastic floor and higher upside. And I would have already bit the bullet on, on running back or I'll wait a little bit longer and go for someone like J-Rob or, well, maybe not now, but uh, uh, last week it would have been J-Rob, you know, Damian Harris, who I still am pretty high on regardless of where Sony ended up. Um, You know, that type of thing. So, like, I will always pivot to somebody else because I teach. I just can't. I can't bite the bullet and draft him.
0: So, there's there's just nowhere where you feel comfortable. That's...
1: Yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, that's the... uh, Like, there's certain guys I'm just like, no, I just... (laughs) I can't do you it. Just can't. And that's do okay. It. I mean, there's certain guys that maybe add a value. You can, but realistically, it'd probably be like the sixth round, and that's just never going to happen. So it's just like, all right, then obviously I'll just never get them.
0: Now we've got one last player because I want to get you out of here on your schedule. Um, the one last player. Speaking of weird, shady injuries and in people who should have had surgery and didn't, <laughs> Michael Thomas. Can you give us some insight? Because from my perspective of just trying to figure out what is going on, I have no clue. I have no clue when he's going to be back. I have no clue what he's dealing with, how severe this is. What on earth is going on with Michael Thomas? And what should have happened?
1: Let's go with... Um, this is all public knowledge. I, don't, I didn't evaluate him. Um, let's go with severity of injuries, and I will go with craziest first to give you an idea of what we're caliber we're talking about and then I'll get to Michael Thomas's craziest injury lower extremity I've ever seen and come back Alex Smith no question with the, no question in my mind that guy shouldn't even be walking never mind playing football the next is Dak Prescott which is a pretty strong statement there's a big level between those yeah two. but between Dak and what Michael Thomas had is not that much different One had a fracture going through the skin, Dak. The other one had a bad, bad ankle injury that should have been repaired immediately. So if we look at the foot here, and I happen to have a foot model in my hand, we have two ankle injuries. We have a high ankle sprain, the dreaded high ankle sprain, where you usually jam your toe directly on the ground, and the ligaments that hold the two lower leg bones Basically tear and, and it is separate. So every time you put your foot down, the the two bones, they don't have anything holding them together. So they want to separate, which then causes your ankle joint and it just is really painful. That's why if a player has a high ankle injury, you sell him immediately um, for whatever you can get. The other ankle injury, that that might that been by itself, my itself, he might have been able to come back from. Here's the one that he couldn't come back from, and that's why he really didn't do anything last year. On the inside of the ankle, like we talked about earlier with CEH, is the deltoid ligament. This is a probably one of the strongest ligaments in the body. I don't know exactly which one technically is the strongest, but this thing is stupid strong. And what happened was he partially tore it. These don't heal if it's partially tore. Like you can give it till 50 years. It's never going to heal. So he assumed or hoped that with enough rehab and rest, it would heal enough for him to be effective. Every time you cut and want to go to the right, if it's your right ankle, that bone and gravity is going to pull that bone to the left. Well, if the ligament's not there to hold it in place, guess what happens? You're unstable. You you, you don't have anything holding it in place. So he needed this repair in three or two, whatever, whenever happened. He tried the whole season to play on it and was never effective. Yeah. He went in January, reportedly, to a non-team doc based on what Nick and Underhill said. The doc said, all right, reportedly, let's give it a month of rehab. Why? I, I don't know, but I didn't see him, so I'm just speculating. Come back, and then if it's not doing better, we'll, we'll do surgery. Whether it was a miscommunication, whether Michael didn't like the way it was perceived, whether he didn't trust him, whatever it was, he never went back. And he tried to rehab in his own. And then he showed up to camp. And the team docs looked at his ankle. They're like, what the hell is this? You need this repaired four months ago. And this is a four-month rehab. This is a four-month rehab to get to game ready. That's the problem. And then the other thing that most people won't think of, but I'm going to relay this. Think about all the damage that was done between January and June or whenever he showed up to camp. Just walking around on As a result of him ankle. trying to compensate for it. So has his ankle got arthritis or going to develop arthritis? Does he have ice because things aren't lined up and, and, and the ankle should be like this, but now it's like this or it was like this for months? Did his knee start to compensate and now he's got more wear on one side of his knee? These are all the things that I see every day. So I think of them. The problem is you can't undo some of those. So even if you fix the ankle, the damage may be done. I don't know if we'll ever see the same Michael Thomas as he had two years ago whenever it was. It felt like eternity. That's my concern for him. So unless you're getting him in the eighth, ninth, tenth round, I
0: don't know when we're going to see him. Week seven, week eight? But, but even when he comes back, let's say week, week eight or nine, whenever he comes back, he might not ever be the Michael Thomas of old. He might have just completely destroyed it. Could he be? Yes, but
1: that would be obviously ideal. That would be best case scenario. Maybe he loses a step or two. Maybe he doesn't feel confident in that angle, ankle again, you know? Maybe he tweaks it. Like, uh, he, Remember, he was blocking and not even in the play. Yeah. He was looking that way. A blocker rolled up on his ankle. He wasn't even in the play. That's how it all started. Who's to say that can't happen again, you know? So that's my concern with Michael Thomas is that there was a, a, a significant set of failures that have led to this awful situation. And now the team is probably pissed at him. Yeah, They owe him stupid money. And 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 now he's rehabbing. So he's got a couple months before he can even potentially, you know. So uh, he will come back. I just don't know what to expect when he does come back.
0: And all this time, Winston has never really played with him. He's building chemistry with Callaway and these other people in the offense. So it's just the Saints could move on. And Michael Thomas isn't part of their, uh, their plans. The future. That's
1: it. Could be. I mean, it's possible.
0: That's insane. Wow. (laughs) It's a bad injury. It's a bad. And the way it was treated sounds just so so bizarre. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that does that ever happen? Really, or is this kind of a? I mean, the problem is we don't usually don't hear about it. Okay.
1: We, We. I'm sure a lot of this stuff happens. We just never hear. We're like, oh yeah, you just never ended up being good. But like, maybe it was a bad injury that was either not properly diagnosed or never healed or whatever. And he just never became the player because of the you know injuries just derailed the, derailed the, 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 season, is, the yeah. potential. You know, so it, it, do we see it not directly? But that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just means we don't know about it.
0: It's just this is one of the first times that they've come out and said Michael Thomas didn't get his. Sir. Yeah,
1: because I mean I see players. I, their circle of trust is very small. I mean, very small. Yeah. If if, if players aren't referred to me by other players or by their therap- their, their their physical therapists. They don't just show up like that's not that doesn't happen. They have to be referred. Like they have to have confidence in you because they're putting their bodies and their careers essentially in your hands. That's that's the difference. Is that they're just not going to go. Oh, I just showed up, but I need my ankle checked. No, 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 no. That don't happen. So you you, you, they don't randomly show up to places.
0: So it's very surprising that was even reported. Oh yeah,
1: that's I mean, but they needed an explanation because they're like, did he have a setback? Like if 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 everything was perfect. And, and here's the other part of it is we can make suggestions, but at the end of the day, the players have to make their decisions for their bodies. They, a lot of them are very stubborn. Remember, they're they're used to being the best of the best for eternity. They've always been the best player on their team, usually. Mm-hmm. When the NFL, they get to the NFL, they finally like have people that are on their ilk, but they think they're superhuman. Like, oh, what you're saying is just for regular people. Like I'm superhuman. I can beat this. Like th- I'm telling you, this is kind of how they think. So when you finally say, no, no, this is for NFL player. This is the protocol, not for like Joe blow. Like that doesn't, that's a whole separate protocol for what you're asking your body to do. This is what we need to do. And that's the problem is that a lot of these guys don't, they, they don't trust it or they don't want to spend the money or the time, or they they're scared of surgery or whatever, whatever it is for them.
0: That's it's, it's so great having you out here. Cause you've got such a different perspective. You, you work with these players, you, you see them at you. You know them even as real people, whereas I feel like so many fans, we just they're they're superhumans to us as well. And you actually see them on a personal level.
1: They're so all pretty much all the guys are like regular dudes, just regular regular guys. You know, it's funny because you know, they pull up in their Bentleys and whatever the hell they're driving, which is normal down in Miami. But in general, that's yeah. rare for a twenty something year old a Bentley or Ferrari or whatever. But like, if you didn't look outside, you wouldn't know. Like if you walk down the hall, you wouldn't know. You would have no idea who it was, unless they're like super famous, and you're like, oh yeah, I recognize you. But most of these guys, you'd have no idea. They're wearing their beanies, their their hats. They got hoodies on. They got ear. You can't tell. You have no idea. You know. But uh, they're just regular guys. They're facetiming. They're just listening to music. Like that's just there. You wouldn't know. You know, when they're in a group of people, like when they're with their friends, they get a little rowdy. But when they're by themselves, like they're super quiet. Like they're just regular guys. A lot of them. Are really cool, down to earth. Some are a little stuck up, you know. A little, a little, <laughs> but but most of them are just regular dudes. Yeah. Um, they're just really good at something and it happens to pay really well.
0: That's that's such an interesting perspective. It's such a very unique and informative exp well, well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh this was a great, great episode. I think people will love this getting some insight, some inside information about what on earth happens with injuries, how how we can evaluate it and apply that to fantasy. So before we, uh, we turn it off, any closing remarks, any just something you just got to let everyone know and then also let us know where we can follow you.
1: So in general, injuries to an extent are predictable. There are fluky ones. I will be the first to admit that. CMC's uh, uh, high ankle sprain was fluky. But there's certain things that can be prevented. I see player, I'll give you an example. If Cam Akers came to me a week before his injury and he said, my, my, my ankle's hurting. And I put an ultrasound on him. I specialize in ultrasounding. And I looked at his Achilles and I'm like, bro, this thing is like ready to tear. And, and I threw the kitchen sink at it. I put $30,000 worth of product in there. Just crazy amount, very, very potent stuff. He may have never tore it, but a lot of these guys think that they just, they're used to dealing with pain. So like, oh, it'll go away or it's not a big deal. And then it isn't a big deal until it is a big deal. Achilles, you know, rotator cuff, ACL, you know, you know, whatever, whatever the injury is. So that's the problem is that they're used to fighting through pain. So some of these things, pain is a warning sign. It's saying, Hey, something's not right. But if you avoid that and don't address it or aren't proactive, you're reactive, then you get what you pay for because you're probably going to make a mild injury moderate or a moderate injury severe. So, and that's kind of what I do as part of my injury draft guide and, and a lot of my thought process and school of thinking is that like, my goal is to prevent you from having the bad injury, to prevent that arthritis from getting worse or whatever. But people that say, oh, injuries aren't predictable, they you don't know what you don't know. I know a lot about this stuff. And I'm telling you, a lot of these are predictable. You just might not know why they're predictable because it's what I do. So, you know, and, and you know, some of them are fluky. Mike Thomas's was fluky. I mean, it was just somebody rolled up on him. It wasn't an injury that he caused. It was just fluky. It, you know, if he didn't have that person roll up on him, it wouldn't have happened. Certain injuries are preventable and predictable. The Achilles tear, ACL tear. Is very you know I'll give you one last example. We had a player come in mm. two years ago, three maybe, and he and he was like, yeah, "My we, we evaluated his his knee for something minor," and and my partner evaluated him and he said, "Your ACL is really loose, like like we need to tighten this up. We need to inject it. We need to strengthen it." He's like, "No no no, we'll do it in the off season." Tore it the next week. This stuff can be seen if you know what you're doing. It can't. You may not have you know made a bottom twelve weeks or whatever, depending on what you put in it. But some of this you can see the writing on the wall. But in general, that's my take home is that. And it's hard to because I'm sick of typing the same you know two lines in Twitter or whatever to 500 people. Like it gets redundant and exhausting. So it's easier to do it on a platform like this. But in general. Um, These guys deal with crazy injuries. We have no idea what they deal with half the time. You just They show you what they want to show you, really, honestly. And some guys learn to play with injuries. DeAndre Hopkins will never miss a game if it's up to him. Jarvis Landry, the same thing. Russell Wilson, Lockett, whatever. Some guys, they just don't deal with injuries as well, and they miss time. The greatest predictor of future injury is past injury. That's it. I will stop with that. If you want to follow me, if you want to hear my thoughts, the Fantasy Doctors, DRS, either on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the YouTube channel. We just hit 40,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed, I'm trying to get to 50. Um, my personal uh, um, direct message or, or, or on Twitter is uh, Dr. Jesse Morse D-R-J-E-S-S-E-M-O-R-S-E. Um, if you're looking for exclusive content or or private content. I have a special deal with Fantasy Guru if you're a sc- subscriber there, or you can follow it through tfdinjurydraftguide.com. Um, you can get it through the too. That's going to be basically our Patreon to make it easy uh, just because it's easier to run. Um, and I'm going to have like a weekly uh, injury uh, report that basically says this guy has 50% chance of playing. This guy 75 75. Mm, this guy zero. He ain't playing. Uh, that used to be public. Not gonna be public anymore. There's two versions of it. The private one's like ten bucks for the whole like season. Like, not not a big deal. Um, and then if you're not if you haven't drafted yet, and you're like, well, how risky is this guy? How risky is this guy? Is this you know what do you think about what does he think about this rookie? What is this rookie's injury? Like all of that's in my guide. It's all there. So it's like there's plenty of options. And if there's an injury you can be assured that we're going to talk about it. Whether we know, if we haven't talked about it, it's because the data data isn't clear and we don't want to speculate yet. But it will be out and there will be several different videos depending on how much information we know. We try to provide updates as much as we can.
0: All right, with that, uh, we will see you next time. Everyone, go make sure you check those out. I will link as many of them as I can in the bio of this episode. Uh, Injuries, don't let them derail your season. There are people who are experts, literally experts on this. So utilize these resources. And thank you so much, Dr. Morse, for coming on and talking about this. You're welcome. See you next time.